Welcome to Rex Factor. This week, Constantine the Third. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello! Ahoy! And uh, welcome to Rex Factor, reviewing all the kings and queens of Scots, from Kenneth McAlpin to James the Sixth. Yeah, yeah. Big day, tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day, uh, where Queen Elizabeth II, or as Scots are concerned, Queen Elizabeth, yeah. uh, will become the longest reigning monarch in British history, overtaking yeah. Ali's favourite, Victoria. Sorry, I fell asleep a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, bi- that's big news, isn't it? That's... Yeah. That's up there in world rankings, though. And ultimately, for the uh, English series, not immediately, but at some point in the future, one hopes, mm. all being well, uh, <laughs> we'll have to start changing the scores gradually, because oh, the yeah. top score is measured for longevity by the longest reign, so the Queen's reign is now going to be It's going to be the 20. It's yeah. going to be 20 points. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, she scored 20 points, and I think she should take that home with her, yes. along with her Rex Factor novelty checkbook, and be very happy. Yes, uh, we'll have a blog on uh, WordPress having a little look at some of the other long reigns in uh, English history. Yeah. Uh, but, mm. for now, we are focusing on the Scots. Another Constantine. Another Constantine. We got pretty quickly up to uh, Constantine the Third. We've raced through the Constantines. Yeah, most popular name so far. Very much so. Um, now, mm. a little bit of a recap Lovely. of what we've been having. And it's mainly, at the moment, all about dynastic conflict. All starts with Kenneth McAlpin. Yes. He's the sort of progenitor of the Alpin dynasty. K-Mac, big daddy. He comes along in the sort of 840s, 850s, unites the Picts and the Scots, and from there we gradually get Scotland as Mm. a nation. The Scottish monarchy is based on the succession system where it alternates. So rather than going father to son, it goes brother to brother. So it went from Kenneth McAlpin to his brother Donald, and then it goes to Kenneth's two sons, Constantine I and Ieth. Yeah. Hashtag member Ieth. Hashtag member Ieth. As that line goes down and more brothers are spawned, mm. they start to get more and more distant. Yeah. So the two lines are now pretty far away from each other. So far away that last week we agreed that I am not sure I've ever met the equivalent of, uh, who was it last week? Uh, so Kenneth II and Cullen. Yeah. Last time. Stranger to me. Third cousins. I mean, they are clearly strangers to me. But. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, what we've done to make it a little bit more uh, easy to understand is we've given them team names. Yeah. So, the blue team descended from Constantine I. Last week, we had Kenneth II. Awesome. Who's very good, Rex Factor winner. Now, Kenneth II had a brother, Duff. And we've created a new purple team. Mm. So Duff is team purple, Kenneth II is team blue, and then on the other side, descended from hashtag number Ieth, mm. is the red team. Okay. So previous generation we had Cullen for the team red. But now we're moving into the next generation. Which means a different colour. But of the previous generation, yes. can we just be clear mm. that team blue yes. is the only one with a Rex Factor winner. It very much is. And last time we did Kenneth II and he tried to change the succession laws so that it would actually go from father to son. Very sensible. 
But I suppose only those on blue team are pretty happy with that. Yeah, so obviously that's fine with his son Malcolm. Mm. But not so keen are Constantine on Team Red. Yeah. And the confusingly named Kenneth on Team Purple. Kenneth's on Team Purple because he's, he's the son of Duff. Duff, yes. who's Kenneth's second brother. Who <laughs> yes, exactly. Easy. And of course, it is Constantine who is this week's monarch. So he becomes Constantine III in 995. Now, I know you're going to go over this, but that's confusing because Kenneth wanted to have his son. Exactly. Kenneth changed the law, got everybody to agree that from now on it just goes from father to son, and thus it should be Malcolm. But... But here we are with old... Connie. With old Connie 3. Okay. So, as ever, uh, we don't know exactly when Constantine III is born. Mm. Uh, his father, um, who is Cullen, died in year 971. He was the one that had that hall burning. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if it was 971 and he becomes king 995, that would make him 24. So he's probably around 30-ish when right. he becomes king. Why don't we know that? Why don't they ever think it's important to record... I don't know, I guess they just, at this point, they're just recording the years that they ruled for. And events in... And any key events, as they see fit to note. So the first key event in their life that they see fit to note is becomes king. Exactly. (laughs) Brilliant. Now, Constantine III. Is he going to be a great king? Is he going to be successful? Oh, I love this bit. First impressions for us, of course, is based on the Heritage Playing Cards Limited visual depiction of him as there are no contemporary portraits so Ali reveal release the headmaster release him oh I was not expecting that so we've had a (laughs) because I sort of listened to the episodes to catch up and what I like is pretty much every week you say I wasn't expecting that (laughs) I know well you should I'll tell you what next time I'll tell you what I'm expecting and then see how they compare because we've had a lot of beards recently we have you know I'm a fan of a beard you're sporting a wonderful beard, yeah. I must say. This chap is not so much. He's very small, mm. very blonde, not a problem, I am of that persuasion, <laughs> with a tunic, what can only be called, described as a red skirt, mm. a spear or a lance, and very large calves, but um, <laughs> yeah. Henry VIII would be proud. He would have loved those. And some, some rather dashing little brown sneakers. But maybe he looks a bit sneaky-sneaky, sir. Mm. Now, his nickname is Constantinus Calvus, or Constantine the Bald. Well, he's not at all. He's not bald at all. I suppose he is bald of chin. Ah, very good. Yeah. So maybe we can dump him Constantine the Beardless. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Now, an interesting thing with Constantine the Third is that he's actually, technically, the first king of Alpa... Uh, with a surviving pedigree in terms of a written record of his line of descent. Right. Now, I say that as opposed to the previous ones because it's actually Constantine III who gave us this line of descent that we used when we did Kenneth McAlpin. What? Wouldn't it be Kenneth who gave us that? Well, we did it in Kenneth's episode. Yeah. But obviously we can get it from Kenneth to Constantine III, but it's Mm. going back prior to Kenneth McAlpin. All those old oh. kings that they claim to trace their line come from his reign. It actually was Written. started with Constantine the Third, and then going backwards. Right. So we've got Constantine, son of Cullen, son of Indulf, son of Constantine, son of Ieth, son of Kenneth, son of Alpin, son of Yoki, son of Ieth Fiend, son of Yoki, son of Donmungard, son of Donal Breck, son of Yoki Buid, son of Ithan, son of Gabron, son of Donmungard, and so on. Wow. 
Okay, I missed the first Ken in all that. Well, I mean, what I quite like about uh, this, at least, is that as time went on, the sources got a little bit more specific about uh, some of the finer details. Yeah. So initially it was just, these are names of people. Yeah, yeah, that once existed and could be related. Yes, or possibly not. Mm. But anyway, at least Constantine III does give us that, which I suppose is interesting because it suggests that an effort is being made to go, look how important and... Incredible. Yeah. Incredible I am. I can trace my line all the way back to the 500s, 400s, etc. Mm. Many hundreds of years ago, I'm obviously legitimate king. Yeah. So that is an evidence of this dynastic squabble that we've got going on. But mm. he still isn't Kenneth II's son. He still isn't Kenneth II's son. I mean, at the moment, really, I think, just to be able to claim the throne, you just need to be able to demonstrate, basically, you're descended from Kenneth McAlpin. Yeah, it's got stage. to that point. Though, A man it? that's descended from K-Mac. Mm. It's pretty much good enough. Unfortunately, despite um, him providing us with this lovely lineage, there's not otherwise an awful lot of information to go on for Constantine. What? How's it? But that's it? Well, that's not that's not a okay. say. There's not a lot Ooh. to go on. The problem for uh, Constantine is that last time with Kenneth II, we had the last entry of the Chronicle of the Kings of Alpa, and we've seen the last of the Chronicon as well. Uh, no, the Scottish Chronicon was still. Oh, is that a crazy one? That's the crazy oh, one. Oh, phew! I thought we've got a lot. Okay. Walter Bauer, John of Ford, and they're still kicking around. They come along later, so they're just you know making up stuff whatever oh, they brilliant. fancy. Well, I look forward to that. But some of the contemporary sources perhaps are lacking. This might be because it's a period of war. It's a bit chaotic. Yeah. People aren't bothering to write down everything that's going on. They're just yeah doing stuff. Uh, but either way, it does mean we're not going to have quite as detailed an analysis as we had last time for Kenneth II. Mm. So, this is what happens. As we said, Kenneth II tried to change the law of succession. He gets killed off, very elaborately. Oh, that was brilliant. With the statues. Yeah. It's uh, suggested by John of Fordham that Constantine III had endlessly plotted Kenneth II's death. Oh, yeah, so this was the guy that was working with the woman who had her... Crazy statue. Crazy statue, son murdered, blah. Yeah. yeah. So, perhaps it suggested that Constantine III... Um, gets in league with Fenella and arranges for Kenneth to be assassinated. He may also have won the support of various other nobles, we must assume, to be able to then mm. mount the challenge to become king. Um, it suggested that Malcolm, Kenneth's son at this point, was actually in Strathclyde or Cumbria. Right. So that might be why he doesn't succeed, because he's actually on the scene at the time that it happens. And that was one of Kenneth's big... Uh, achievements was securing that bit of land for Scotland. So, mm. they, so, so was he there because that was where they were basing their operations? And Kenneth II mm. got his claim to the throne, you know, big tick by Edgar the Peaceable because mm. he was just in the right place at the right time down south. Yeah, and he did all this stuff, the Lothians and southern Scotland. Yeah, and proved to be the man with the power at the time. And so the opposite is sort of a vassal state. It's still technically a separate kingdom at this point, Strathclyde, right. but it is still obviously it's down south. It's they're yeah. further away. So if Kenneth II is up further up north, he gets assassinated. Constantine III is obviously ready for this because he's organised it. Malcolm's down in Strathclyde. It's okay. quite far away. Yeah. So Constantine III gets in there. Grabs the crown, says, I'm it. Find his keepers. Mm. Exactly. And so this is what happens after Kenneth, is, uh, Kenneth II is killed, according to John of Forden. Mm. The next day after the king's death... Constantine the Bald, son of Cullen, came with his supporters, and, despising the state ordinance, usurped the throne, and, 
backed up by a few of the nobles, he placed the crown of the kingdom on his own head. That, I, you know, I had my fingers crossed then, because the next question I was going to ask you was, did they actually have, like, a crown? So if he could be in possession of that, mm. he's king. I don't know. I mean, it's not, not that survives, right. but we assume they probably did. Because have a special one. Kings did. Yeah. And so, his, this guy clearly isn't a fan of Connie Three. No, he, uh, John Ford has obviously decided that the rightful man is Malcolm. Right. And this, is this telling? Spoilers! Well, so, as we said, Kenneth II has failed in the sense that Malcolm hasn't become king. But yeah. Malcolm is still very much alive and kicking. Right. So, obviously, Malcolm is going to be fighting back against Constantine III, but mm-hmm. also so is purple team Kenneth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Son of Duff. So we've got two other rivals that Constantine's got to be dealing with. Mm. Um, no detailed account of the reign does exist other than what John of Forden has to say about it. The, what we just heard? No, there's more. Oh, right. There's okay. more. Phew. Woo. But so this is what uh, John tells us was going on at the time, and it's not so great for Scotland. Uh-oh. Thereupon there followed a long-lasting division among the inhabitants, with massacres of the populace and troubling of the clergy. Moreover, there befell the most pitiful slaughter of the great, and even kings, and much shedding of innocent blood. That's not good for subjectivity. He was not thinking ahead there. He's not looking good there. No one had the least idea which of the competitors rather to obey, whether Constantine, who was crowned, or Malcolm, who had the law on his side. Constantine, however, held the kingdom, though not in peace. For he was continually harassed by Malcolm and his illegitimate uncle named Kenneth. Purple. Purple. A soldier of known prowess, who was his unwearied persecutor, and strove with all his might to kill him above all others. <laughs> that describes the Civil War, all right? It is, and it's good tactics to aim for the guy in charge yes, as yeah. your top priority. So, the only thing that anybody else really records is Constantine III's death. Right. This isn't going to be who I fear it is, is it? Annals of Tiganach. Oh, right. 997. I think you've got a biology book out there. (laughs) A battle between Scots, and there Constantine, Colin's son, King of Scotland, fell, and many others. Full stop? Full stop. Mm. Bit more detail from the Chronicles of the Kings of Scotland. Constantine, Colin's son, reigned for one year and six months, and he was killed by Kenneth, Malcolm's son, in Rathinveramon. Right, so it's killed by Kenneth, the purple team. Chronicle of Melrose. Right. King Constantine, Cullen's son, was slain by the sword at the head of the river Almond in Tagalair, having ruled as king for one year and a half. Kenneth, the son of Malcolm, struck him. Right. And finally, John of Forden. Yeah. Nor did Kenneth abandon his purpose until, one day, they met one another in Laudonia. Softly Lothian by the banks of the river Almond, and, engaging in battle, after great slaughter on either side, both the leaders were killed. What? It is said, however, that Kenneth had the upper hand. <laughs> um, well, at least they all agree. <clears throat> Ish. Oh. They're similar. Um, the accounts slightly differ as to exactly where it was, so it's either the source of the mouth of the river Almond, and there's one in Perthshire and one in Lothian. Oh. So there's a slight variance mm. as to where exactly it is. More confusing is 
Kenneth in this battle. Yeah. Because they're referring to Kenneth, son of Malcolm. That was confusing. Let's have a look at this. Yeah, so if we go back to the family tree, purple Kenneth Mm. is the son of Duff. Yeah. Who is the son of Malcolm. So Kenneth II of Team Blue last Mm. week's is Kenneth, son of Malcolm. And he wasn't around. He was dead. And he's very much dead. So, there are a few theories as to what's going on here. Uh, One suggestion is that they mean purple Kenneth and Mm. got the parentage wrong. I mean, they, you'd think they'd do it. I mean, paper was expensive. You'd check your facts, wouldn't you? But also that's problematic because that Kenneth is not killed in this battle. Oh, yeah. Another suggestion is that um, maybe they meant... They did mean him, he didn't get killed, but and they got the parentage wrong. Alternatively, it could just be... A completely different person who happened to be called Kenneth. I mean, there's a lot of them around. But how about it was Kenneth II, and that is how he met his death, rather than this elaborate... I mean, mean, really hard-to-believe statue of a boy with a spear trap. Well, fire. the problem there is that he dies, therefore, two years after everybody said that he dies... And everyone's agreed on that, though? Everyone's agreed that he oh. dies in 995, and also it would mean that somehow Constantine got to be king oh, yeah. in the last two years of his reign. Yeah, run. yeah. Oh, forget that. Probably I'm not, not, I'm not having that as a theory. I think mm. that's wrong. Yeah, mm. good, good thinking. Mm. So, basically, there's not a lot of detail, but what we do know is that Constantine III fights a battle in 997, he gets killed, and is no longer well, alive, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but that year, <laughs> what is it, in that year and six months, which they, at least they agree on that, Yeah. what did he do? I mean, he, a lot of more war? Well, there really? must have been, because as we said, we've got Malcolm Just... continually harassing him. We've got Purple Kenneth presumably doing something, and then some other random guy called Kenneth who just threw his hat into the mix. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not great. But maybe we'll find something extra <laughs> when we go into the factors in more detail. Battleliness! Well, what we do know is that he fights a battle against somebody called Kenneth. <laughs> it could be one of three. Either yes. Kenneth II, Kenneth, Duff's son, or just a chap called Ken, yeah. IT consultant from Swindon. So that's, you know, that's something to be positive about. We got him fighting in a battle. Yeah. The downside, loses, obviously, yeah. is that he loses <laughs> and gets killed. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of all we've got. What about, though, before he became... No, we can't do. We can't judge him on before he became king. Was he? Was he well, a warrior we, chap, though? The, the thing is, as you pointed out, that uh, generally the sources think that the first significant event in a king's life yeah. is becoming king. Yeah. Mm. So we don't know if he was a warrior chap. We know that obviously Kenneth II is killed in a very elaborate assassination, mm. which he organises, but he doesn't do himself. He doesn't do any fighting, so he hasn't come to the throne by battle. Mm. He's come to it through plotting. So the only battle that we've got any evidence of is this one in which he loses to someone called Kenneth. I'm happy with zero. I think zero is a pretty fair reflection on his record. Yeah. Scandal! Well, we do have something here. John Forden, as we said, uh, claimed that Constantine III endlessly plotted the murder of Kenneth II. Yes. And it suggested that he was in league with Fenella, who uh, yeah. had that crazy plot and successful plot to kill him with the statue and all the arrows. <laughs> so he does assassinate and usurp um, 
Rex out to win in Kenneth II. Are we going to put this down as regicide? Well, I think it is, really, isn't it? If so, that is chunky scandal. That's pretty good scandal. I mean, I, th- I don't know, is there a slight... It's, something, it's weird, but in a way it's almost less scandalous than if he was just any old Yeah, person, yeah, yeah. I yeah. suppose. But, yeah, he, you know, he kills the king, usurps the throne. That's quite scandalous. It's very scandalous. I mean, it, we're, I think we're treating that quite lightly. Um, I suppose the only thing is that it does make sense, because as we said, once Kenneth II had introduced those succession laws to bar him from the throne, mm. he, he kind of had to do something if he ever wanted to be king. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, but you still, he still did it. And there's no evidence of him doing anything to take away from a scandal score. We don't have him, you know, stroking donkeys and whatever else good people do. <laughs> Curing scrofula or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't get away from the fact that this is quite a chunky scandal. It's, I think, a massive four. Mm. Um, and above that, we're talking something that most people would have heard about. Mm. You'd have heard of the scandal of this or that king. Um, I suppose also with this, it's if constant if Kenneth II was sort of one in a line of long-reigning monarchs and everyone was happy and that was fine, and then Constantine was just some evil interloper that killed him, yeah, that would be big scandal. I suppose it's the fact that actually there has been a lot of there's been a lot of this rivalry, so it's almost yeah. half of the course. I suppose maybe mm. that's why it's not quite as exciting as it would have been. But the method, yes, <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, I mean, imagine coming to you with that plan. If I'd come to you with that plan, you'd just say, it's just never going to work. What are you talking about? There are so many other ways we could do this much yeah. more easily. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we've had that chat a lot. Um, uh, what will you do if he just doesn't go in? You'll have spent all our assassination budget on this statue. Yeah, yeah but we'll have a great statue. Um, you know, it could come in handy. Um... Yeah, I'm going four. I'm going to settle with a four because I I feel like we should give him points for regicide, points for the scandalous nature of that, and, mm. the, and the method. I know Fenella had a had a bit to do with it, and maybe she was a creative input, and he yeah. just sort of provided the uh, the um, dollar. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, four. I'm going to give him a five, sort of in the middle. Mm. I think, as we said, he's done he's done enough there. It's a scandalous thing to get rid of King. Had been there for twenty odd years, even though it was within a pattern of all this mm. other stuff. But it's not quite enough to go up mm. big. So that's a nine for scandal. Subjectivity. Well, there's no evidence of anything good being right. done, anything positive. And uh, as we said from John of Forden, mm. it's not a very pleasant time for the Scottish people. No, the prophecy of Birkin which was this uh, retrospective prophecy of how everything would happen in this right. sort of poetic language. Um, it doesn't give him a glowing account either. A king will take the sovereignty who will not be king. After him, Scotland will be nothing. It will be the weak following the strong, though true is what my lips relate. A king with reproach above his head. Alas for Scotland during his short time. Feeble men will be about him in the region of Schoon, of melodious shields. A year and a half, that will be his whole reign. From taking Scots hostage, he will go to death. He falls, his people fall. He will fight great battles in Scotland. By the disgrace of his head, he will destroy colours. 
He will be communion of battle from Sterling to Abate. <laughs> this is the thing that is um, predicting the future after it's happened. That yes. One. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the rules that people could play with there. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's hopeless, isn't it? Zero. Yeah, it's easily. I mean, you know, he's killed the previous king who's been there for a good 20 years and doing a pretty mm. good job. And after all that st- stability, he just throws us right back into mm. it. Everyone's killing everybody else. It's awful. Yeah. This is zero. Rubbish. Longevity. Well, we're, we're told time and time again he rules for a year and a half. Yes. Um, so when we put that into the patty-ometer mm-hmm. um, and make that score out of 20, he gets 0.52 for longevity. That's rubbish. Dynasty. Not the program. He has zero surviving children. Oh, gosh. He couldn't even... Yeah. Didn't even do that, which is obviously is also a zero, and a total score of 9.52, which uh, is indeed the lowest that we've had so far this series. Right. Oh, what about Ieth? Ieth, oh, of course, sorry, Ieth got 2.57, <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah. Hashtag remember Ieth. <laughs> <laughs> so easy to forget. Yeah, how we forget. So easy to um, forget. But it's not, I mean, it is a zero. We can't go any lower than zero. But in a way, it's more than a zero. Yeah. Because the phrase um, Prophecy of Burkan used was, he falls, his people fall. And this may be a reference to the fact that he is the last in line for Team Red. Yeah. So with Constantine yeah. III dies Team Red, there are no more representatives of Team Red. Ieth's line has ended. Well, it, it does mean, it does make sense then that... Um that assassination attempt because mm. it's the only way he scored any points yeah <laughs> he didn't even have children yeah. <laughs> ruled for a year and a half and a half yeah still good but so that is the end of Team Red mm. who I believe you had uh, early on adopted as your, did I? I think you did adopt oh, Team I Red as your team that. of choice oh yeah because we had Ayeth and Indolf yeah. yeah and Constantine the second we've missed out in this one but he was uh, a big Rex Factor winner so Team Blue is winning on the um, Rex fronts though isn't it? Uh, well, it's even actually. Easy, yeah, Kenneth the second for Team Blue, Constantine the second for Team Red, and Kenneth McAlpin neutral. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least at least they're equal on that score. But yeah, it's not good, Constantine, is it? No, he is. He is. Constantine the third has not only lost his throne, but he has ended his reign, his line. Yeah, Team that's Red is super gone. rubbish. But that doesn't necessarily mean no. that he isn't going to do better when we look at. Who's got that certain something, that lasting legacy, that great achievement, that star quality that we call... Rex Factor! Uh, Should we put it to bed? I mean, I can't think of many, or indeed, any reasons. No. I mean, the only thing which could give him any credit for Rex Factor would be if we could legitimately say that the whole method of assassination for Kenneth II was his idea. Because if he'd got a blueprint for that and said, guys... This is my plan for mm. everything that you ever need to know about me. Boom. Statue with arrows. <laughs> Let's not forget the fire. And the yeah. Uh, but we can't. It's rubbish. He's hopeless. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I really do wish we had those blueprints. <laughs> yeah. If anyone can, can mock that up <laughs> in the safety of a controlled environment, yes. I'd love to see it. Uh, but, yeah, that's got to be a no for Constantine, no though, hasn't it? He does not have the Rex Factor. Nowhere near. Crummy. Crummy Constantine. That's what they should have called him. Yeah. Uh, now, if you 
disagree with us for mm. some reason, there are various means by which you can get in touch with us. Uh, follow us and message us on Twitter at RexFactorPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Get involved in the discussions there. Email us, RexFactorPodcast at Hotmail.com. And if you go onto WordPress, there'll be various blogs supporting the podcast, but also some polls where you can just do a yeah. simple yes, no, or maybe as mm. to whether you think Constantine III to preserve the Rex Factor, the other Scottish monarchs, and all of the English monarchs as well. All of those you just can do yes, no. It's a running maybe. thing, isn't it? They're not closed. Exactly. So can, Open yeah, forever. Over time. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes and subscribe to us. Mm-hmm. It would be very, very lovely. Um, you can, of course, it's a free podcast, but if you'd like to make a donation, help us cover our costs and save yes, up please. for a shiny new microphone, uh, you can make a one-off donation uh, on PayPal. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much, uh, since the last episode, to Susan Trechter, Priscilla Warren, Elizabeth Kingsley and Gunnar Hasabo. Legends! all donated. They all know... Oh, no, right, yeah. No, no, but oh. if you would like to do so on a regular basis, yeah. then on the uh, WordPress site, click the B my patron badge and you can join the privy council uh-huh. of Rexbacks by making a monthly pledge uh, to the podcast that can be anything from dollar to however much you like yeah Anything is appreciated. Yeah, oh, absolutely it is. Do we have any new Privy Council members? Uh, we do. We can welcome Lewis Earl to the Privy Council. Lord, arise, Lord <laughs> Lewis Earl uh, of Rex Factor Privy Council fame. Thank you very much. Yeah, but thank you so much to everybody who has donated. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. Um, but thank you to everybody who sent in the message as well, because that's really, really nice as well. That's yeah, nice. I love that. Anything at all is lovely to hear from people. Speaking of which, yes, we've got some messages. Uh, this is an email from Nell Henry. Uh, Hi, boys. I was wondering if you could at all do a shout-out, I don't know what else to call it, to my twin sister, Jenny. She, av- she is a very busy mum of two, but I've been trying to get her to start listening to, un- to relax and unwind at night. But she is the mum that never stops. Anyways, maybe if she heard you guys say something, she would listen to the amazing advice of her twin and be able to relax <laughs> a bit, as I know she would love this podcast. So, we've got to make her relax. Yes. Jenny, <laughs> relax, please. Relax right now. To relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> that, well, that was glad to be of service. Sure, that helps. Yeah. Now, we had quite a lot of correspondence in relation to our last episode on Kenneth II. Yeah, he was popular, wasn't he? Yeah, thank you to all the people uh, who said lovely things about uh, the Dunstan jingle. Yeah, that was, that was very... I mean... I hate to use the word good and Dunstan in the same sentence, but that Dunstan jingle was very good and very... Well, I didn't enjoy it at the time, but it seemed, everyone <laughs> yeah. else seems to enjoy it a lot. Um, Hayley March very helpfully pointed out that when we were trying to identify a monarch who usurped the throne and won the Rex Factor, mm. we failed to recall that Edward IV did this. Oh, sorry, Eddie. Twice, in fact. Yeah, so, good point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was very good at it. Yeah, we should definitely have remembered him. And now, a couple of people, we didn't actually get many messages about Kenneth himself, funnily enough. No. M- mainly around, uh, you know, Dunstan. Dunstan. But a couple of people weren't so sure about our decision to give him the Rex Factor. On Facebook, Matthew Constable said, No! <laughs> How? What? Why? On what planet can you give the Rex Factor to a guy who submitted to Edgar, the peaceable, and got smart to him but was too timid to follow through but not give it to Edgar? Similarly, on Twitter, Gaz Lemon, at Gaz Lemon, um, said the decision was marginal. The fact that Edgar was being rowed by a man with the Rex Factor while he himself didn't have it? Travesty! 
It's, it's funny, isn't it? I never thought that would happen. No, I, I, thought, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Until, well, until we got messages on Facebook, I hadn't considered that. But, you know, that's what happens. I think um, someone else on Facebook got in touch and was uh, said something like, uh, I imagine uh, that Kenneth was thinking as he was rowing Edgar, <laughs> you win this round, but in a thousand years' time, we'll see who's <laughs> laughing. Um, uh, but, you know, I think maybe that's just... He was better in Scotland at the time. He he did what was necessary for mm. Scotland. Well, yeah, context is important. So if you look at the national context, England is larger than Scotland. Mm. It's more centralised than Scotland. And, you know, we've got a balance in judging these between a kind of an absolute gold standard, but also different countries at different mm. times have got different conditions going on. So, you know, there aren't realistically going to be any Henry II's in Scotland who've got an empire all across Europe. No. So you've got to adjust to an extent. But there's also personal context. Kenneth II comes in after a period of dynastic strife. Mm. The previous three reigns had only lasted 17 years. Yeah. And he reigns longer than all of those. He had to overcome a rival for the throne. He makes these raids into England, negotiates with a much more powerful country, mm. and gets a pretty good deal out of it. He doesn't really have to give anything up, but he gets no, territory, gets, gets more. support. Yeah. Exactly. Long and stable reign, and he makes a start on his succession. Mm. You could say Edgar inherits all the hard work done by Alfred, by exactly. Athelstan, and others. And, and, yeah, and sort of just sort of. Uh, stands there and yeah exactly gets the benefit I, mean, I wasn't going to say anything anti-Edgar on this <laughs> I think I've done enough but um, I feel like perhaps it could be said that Ken worked a bit more mm, and of course as I'm sure you were about to jump in and say probably the, a lot of the credit must go to Dunstan <clears throat> yeah so far, the uh, polls 67% thought that Kenneth did deserve it 25% oh. maybe and only 8% no that's oh, not right. a lot of people, but if you've got a strong view on whether Kenneth II deserved it or not, go on to WordPress, retractor.wordpress.com. I thought that it would be much more marginal than that. Mm, I, I mean, that's quite early on, but mm. nevertheless. I did annoyingly discover something extra about him whilst editing the podcast. Yeah. I was looking for an image for the podcast, and then it came up with a search on uh, Google, which was Kenneth II 978. I thought, oh, that's odd. I didn't remember seeing anything about that. Apparently, in Lanark... In 978, Kenneth II convened the first meeting of the Scottish Parliament. Well, um, just thank goodness we did give him the right <laughs> factor, because otherwise we'd have to go back and... Do it all again. Um, I haven't, I don't, I'm not sure there's much continuity between that meeting and the sort of the Parliament emerges in later medieval mm. period. But nevertheless, that's... The idea is there. A nice idea there, mm. again, that shows he's thinking beyond mm. his own reign. So, you know... But nevertheless, we do take the point that it's a bit ironic that... Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. Uh, now, you'll be pleased to hear, last time, of course, I read out all those messages that have been stored up of people angry about Edgar the Peaceable yeah. from all the years. A few messages supporting you. Just a few. Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> uh, James Potter on Twitter, at EvilOverlord666. I'm over my disappointment for Edgar the Peaceable. He'd never have beaten the top three in the playoffs and still got the recognition he deserved. So he's saying... He wouldn't have won it anyway, and he's got plenty of recognition. Stephen Payne on Facebook. For what it's worth, I support Edgar not getting the Rex Factor. The man was basically a giant, scandalicious curtain wall with little to no romance to him. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, quite right. Um, Melissa Hansen by email. Ali, don't let any latecomer's annoyance over Edgar the Peaceable make you squirm. Be well, continue your brave recovery, and keep your head high. My favourite of your off-the-cuff comments so far on the Scots involved Viking shopping. You're a peach, Edgar and all. Viking shopping? 
raiding, so like they're pillaging and looting and stuff. You just oh, have to swipe okay. in shopping. I like this. It's like I've outsourced um, my memory. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a large external hard drive. Brilliant. Well, Which, thanks. to be fair, is good for you with your memory. It's though. fantastic. You've got other people that can yeah. just refer to it. And we've even had... If anyone could tell me where I've left my, <laughs> uh, my iPod, that'd be ideal. Thanks very much. We've even had some pro-Edward I comments. Well, I should think so. Um, Emily May on Twitter, at Emily underscore May. Edward I was so great. Absolutely. Although she then followed up, uh, Canute is still my favourite from what I've listened to. Such uh, a rad king. Well, I mean, yeah, he was, he was fun, but... Yeah. Interestingly, there seems to be a theme. Lauren Baker, at Lauren X Baker, also on Twitter, started listening a few weeks ago and making my way through season one, really enjoyed Edward I. Of course. And Canute was brilliant. What? So I don't know if they they go together for some reason as a a logical pair. Maybe they're studying both of those. Mm. And then finally, Elizabeth Emerson on WordPress. I just listened to the semi-final results and I wish I'd been able to vote for Edward I. I know it wouldn't have changed the result, but I'm so appalled by the public making such a horrific mistake. <laughs> Although Ali doesn't always make the right decisions, bracket, Edgar the oh, Peaceable, at least he voted properly, unlike some other unmentionable hosts. Who's, he to- who's she talking about? Me. When did you not vote properly? In the playoffs for... Uh... Edward, uh, Edward uh, yeah. Alfred, and um, but um, what, what that was the first bit she said there. Um, yeah, she was so appalled by the public making her mistake. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that I, I, either I can't believe that the public don't <laughs> like her as much as I do. That um, or I'm, I'm just convinced that perhaps they were looking to kick him out for a um, for an upset, shall we say, <laughs> or comedic effects. Yeah. If we can't vote for Dunstan, then we've got to vote against Yeah, Edward we can't vote for Edgar, can't go for, vote for Dunstan, this is how we get him. Yeah. It's a funny way at first, because sometimes when you like, you read all the stuff he does and the success with which he does it throughout the reign, mm. sometimes you think, well, actually, he really does have to be considered one of the... He's smashing! But it, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, attract he sympathy, yeah. is the problem, um, I think. I thought we were going to do the whole... But he doesn't defeat the Scots business again, mm. but... Oh, old ground. Well, something <laughs> to look forward to in yeah, the future yeah. of this series. He's got me so, if you've got any messages for us, then please do send them in, even if you're, well, I suppose by the time you listen to this, you'll have caught up, although you may still be well behind. Even if <laughs> ages and ages ago, send in your message, and yeah. we'll still love to hear from you. Get back to you and read it out. Cool. Till next time. Cheerio from me. Bye. Bye.